welcome to this week's episode of Uncle Dad Talks. Now, this is going to be a review on Modifius Entertainment's newly released Dune Adventures in the Imperium tabletop role-playing game. I have two tabletop game enthusiasts with me, uh, but I'll introduce them shortly. Uh, I just wanted to say a big thank you to uh, Modifius for sending us the book, giving us digital copies of the giveaway, which we'll talk about later on the show. I know it's written by Frank Herbert. And that's kind of more or less what I know. I know it's a, an incredibly influential sci-fi book that became a popularized sci-fi movie, which is soon to be a, another major sci-fi movie, um, which is being released by Legendary Pictures. And before I forget, Legendary Pictures is also part of this project. So I would assume that this universe of Dune is probably going to take place during the movie itself. So I will bring in more details about that in a second. But before we do, my first guest of the two is a very good friend of mine. We go way back. Uh, he is a tabletop RPG enthusiast. Uh, he, he likes sci-fi. He knows a lot about history. And uh, yeah, he's just an overall great guy. Everybody give it up for Peter. Peter, welcome to Uncle Dad Talks. Hello, guys. I'm excited to be here and play Dune with you guys. Yes. Now, Dune. You do not know anything about Dune, really. I don't know. I knew it was a book before it was a movie, and that was the extent of my knowledge. Gotcha. Now, when you had said off mic, you said, what did the, what did the uh, book remind you of? Or what did you think it was about? After reading the first paragraph, and my immediate thought was, it's about space uh, Jesus. Now, could you say a lot of movies are about space Jesus? I mean, I'm sure you could. <laughs> I mean, even kind of Star Wars, kind of, no? The Emperor? I mean, when you put it like that, that's true. Because Luke, yeah, Luke was the chosen one. He was basically a reincarnation of Jesus, trying to make everything right in the world again. Exactly. Now, um, this, uh, is, this book is based upon the new movie coming out. Are you interested in watching that movie? Do you care about that movie? Or I am actually interested in watching the movie. And we'll talk about it on the show, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> we'll see how this one goes first. Um, this is how good my friends are, that they just they just said, all right, fine, we'll do it. <laughs> but to be fair, I didn't really give them a choice. I just said, hey, we're going to do this. And they were like, okay. <laughs> uh, but now the second guest, another all-around good guy, dear friend of mine, uh, who loves playing Overwatch, <laughs> who uh, is, his main is Ash. So if you don't like Ash, you can call him out on it. <laughs> Um, but yes, give it up for my dear friend, E-Dog. E-Dog, what's up? Good evening, Uncle Dad. So what do you know about Dune, E-Dog? Um, I know it was a movie by David Lynch. Um, it was kind of like artsy, kind of weird. Um, I saw it a long time ago when I was a kid, so I thought it was really weird. Um, but other than that, not, not too much. I'm not very, very familiar with the universe. Gotcha. Now, what's interesting is this, uh, I, you know, obviously I know you, so you're, you were big into, and, uh, Back in the day, you're big into RTSs, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, so, did you know Dune actually had an incredibly popular RTS? Uh, I did not know that. It yeah. doesn't surprise me though, because there was a lot of Dune things that were inspired. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, and in some respects, I think you could probably say not everything, obviously, but there's a little bit of inspiration of Dune in StarCraft. I think, kinda. I mean, I don't know a whole lot to say, but I kind of can see it. Maybe, right. maybe I'm just overlooking or overthinking it, but I don't know. What do you think? No, absolutely. Like that's the thing. Like it. Felt like kind of a campy. I could be very wrong about this because maybe it's more popular than I thought. But yeah. it's like one of those that was like very campy, but influential in a lot of different things, like StarCraft, for example. Yeah, maybe yeah. some other movies. Um, I can't think of any examples right now. But you know what I always think of when I, when I was a kid, I used to think Dune was. Uh, I used to think Total Recall was Dune because mm. <laughs> of the the red planet. Right. <laughs> um, have you guys seen Total Recall? I have. I have not seen 
Total Recall or the sequel. There was a sequel? Oh, that's right. With Colin Farrell? What? Yeah. and Oh, we were a remake. Or was it a remake? I think it was like a remake sequel. It was because oh, if I remember okay. correctly, it was after the events of that. I thought it was a sequel only because I thought one of the actors reprised his role and it was in the I future. I, mm. I, maybe I'm confusing it with something else. I totally forgot about that. That's right. Total Recall wow. was, uh, was was rebooted re- or sequeled or whatever. I guess technically both, but yeah. Um, so the way this is going to kind of go about is uh, we're basically going to play the game as you would. Now, mind you, even though Peter is a tabletop RPG enthusiast, he's not an expert by any means. So he's not, we're, none of us here really know what we're doing 110%, but that's the beauty of this. That's the beauty, and Peter, would you agree that tabletop RPGs are great because you don't have to be good at the game itself? Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, because if you're great at stuff, then it's like you wouldn't really create tabletop RPGs or any RPGs like this because the idea is that you're putting your shoe, putting yourself in someone else's shoes. Absolutely. You're becoming someone else. Absolutely, yeah. Now, before we even dive in this game even more, so favorite tabletop RPG, if you could pick one. I don't know if I can pick one, but uh, one that comes to mind that I would really love to play is uh, Vampire's yes. Masquerade. Uh, so what we're going to do is break down each uh, chapter and we're just going to kind of play it as it goes. So there will be a pause kind of in each section of things. Um, now, with this one here, uh, there is, you have to create a house and you have to create a character. Now, Peter, are you aware of any other uh, tabletop RPGs that do a created house and create a character? No, I'm not aware of any that create like a house or a clan or like anything like that. But Vampire the Masquerade definitely has clans. They do, but to my knowledge, they're like all pre-made. Like yes. you just kind of join a clan, so you're not creating one from scratch. Right. Yeah, okay, that's fair. That's a good better way to put it. Now... Since you, uh, E-Dog, don't have a lot of experience in the world of tabletop RPGs, you have played D&D. I have. You with have you. played, yeah, with us, yeah. You have played, that's um, not a tabletop RPG, but it's a RPG, uh, Warcraft. It's an RTS, but it's still an RPG. Okay. And I mean that like in the aspect of a universe, like it's a very in-depth universe. Does that make sense? Or? Yeah. No, it does. Okay. Um, would you ever want to play a Warcraft tabletop RPG? Oh, absolutely. Because I know all about Warcraft. <laughs> you do you do or would you want to do a diablo Ooh, tabletop good rpg question. very good question yeah that's more rpg though like i mean that game yeah, itself yeah the physical RPG, game yeah. so but it, the universe is they're both great sure because you could easily make a tabletop rpg one right or the other i think personally if i could do a tabletop rpg on blizzard blizzard universe and i know you guys are gonna think i'm crazy overwatch wow <laughs> that would be very interesting or, i mean or, i see a whole blizzard theme here going on or what about a card game an overwatch card game maybe I mean, I can see that. They have the Warcraft card game. And it's great. And they have Hearthstone now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, let's just go ahead and look into this. Uh, again, we're not, I'm not going to read everything because obviously that's going to be redundant. And to be honest with you, obviously we want you to check the book out. Now, we'll give you an honest opinion at the very end. Uh, what I will just say is that it is a great looking book. Uh, I don't know if you guys would agree with that. Oh, the illustrations look really nice, yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, the illustration is part of the reason why, I, like, that religion because it almost looks like a bible yeah no totally it's now it isn't shaped like a bible but it's what he's saying is that there's a picture of these three leaders uh almost look like uh religious characters i think one of them looks like a uh military person possibly there's like a stained glass in the background and then a planet with a bunch of uh knives in it or swords in it um but yeah it's like a beautiful looking book this is hardbound and the copy they sent us was the standard edition now there's actually let's say you guys are really big into dune 
you could actually get a collector's edition of this book. It comes with stuff for like a hardcore Dune fan. I don't know what it is exactly, but each cover, it doesn't have this cover. It just has the cover of the house that you want to represent. So that's definitely like a big fan thing. And personally, I think this cover is worth, worth it more than a house cover because it's literally just a symbol. I mean, I suppose that's true for people like us who don't know much about the universe, yeah. but if you're a big fan, like that symbol in itself like means a lot because sure. you're representing your favorite house. Totally fair. Yeah, you're right. It's just like a, almost like World of Warcraft, right? Yeah, yeah. or Game of Thrones. It was Game super of Thrones popular. Too, yeah. For sure, very good example. Uh, but this is a hardbound book and you can get this on Modifuse Entertainment's website or any comic book store, like what do you, I guess hobby store, uh, they might have it there. Uh, but yes, so now if we don't sound like we know what we're doing, because we don't, so please just keep that in mind. Now, this is a 2D 20-based uh, uh, game, so it does require uh, the D20 dice in order to play. Uh, you have character sheets. Now, the character sheets are either house or, or just a character sheet, which we're going to do. So we're going to start with creating our house. Now, creating our house is part of Chapter 3. Uh, now... I don't know anything about these houses. You guys don't know anything about these houses, but I am going to quickly just read the first paragraph to kind of give the, our audience a better understanding. So in Dune Adventures of the Imperium, the player characters all serve a single noble house. So before we create those characters, it is vital to determine a few details about the style, agenda, and attributes of the house they serve. The house is obviously of great importance to the players as it determines what type of characters they can each create and what they might aspire to. However, it's equally important to the Game Master as it determines the general level of the campaign and what sort of adventures the players want to encounter. So the nature of the house should be a group decision between the players and the Game Master. In the later, supplements will be expanding on the detail of noble houses and providing systems to manage their valet resources. However, in the meantime, we offer some narrative tools to help the group understand and create a house of their own in terms of its nature and resources. Will the player character's house be a kind and noble one, like the Artrades, or a devious and brutal reg regime like Harkonnen, or something new altogether? So, really quickly talking about the house as a group. Uh, now, I am the game master, you guys are the player, but you know, for the sake of the show, we're all gonna kinda chat about it. Uh, what do you guys think? What, what kind of house are we thinking for you guys? As we know, if the more dangerous you are, the more intense your enemies are gonna be. Do we want that, or do we want it to be less challenging? What do you guys think? Maybe personally, since this is the first, this is the first time, like something less challenging. So, what kind of house would you want to go with, Peter? What's your thoughts? I agree with him, uh, especially because I don't really know a lot about the universe. Yeah, I'd, I'd be okay with playing a, a ruined house. A ruined house? Well, like a, a house that's like basically at the bottom of the social ladder. Uh, how many people are part of your house? Like, is it a, so the way I would understand the house is almost like your group, right? Like you're acting like you're not like a gang, but I guess in some respects, right? Like what your feel, your affiliation, right? Kind of like Gryffindor or Slytherin, right? I think more like Game of Thrones. Like, right. so by members of like your house, do you mean like our family or like you, are you including our servants in there as well? Yeah. Cause that could be like hundreds of people. Sure. Well, I think that's what it's saying. It's like, oh, all right. you know, do you, let's say, let's say your house was literally just you and five other people. That could be a very low, you know, house, right? Yeah. Uh, or let's you and 50 people, right? Maybe you guys, you had said that you were ruined. Uh, maybe you guys used to be this awesome, you know, background, you know, very like, everybody loved this house at one point, right? But then they went to shit and like you guys are some of the few members left. Like the Empire. I was thinking how stark after like season five. So yeah, so 
once we have a few ideas, we can kind of create the house. So what do you guys think? Do you guys think uh, we should have religion a big part of it? Do you guys think we should have craft technology a part of it? What are some of the ideas you guys are having already? Well, I remember you said you want it to be uh, Orange Catholic, <laughs> whatever that is. <laughs> whatever that is. And we'll go um, over that probably in a second, but yeah. Um, so something to think about with your guys' house is um, there's different houses, house types and threats. So uh, let's say you guys did an ascent house. There's no starting threat at all. Uh, if you guys do a house minor, that's a one threat per player. Uh, house major, two threat per player. And a great house, three threats per player. Uh, now we'll go over threats a little bit later, but uh, I'm assuming it's some sort of like bad thing for you guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I would probably say to start out, I probably would go with the Nassen house, which is, uh, if you guys want to read the definition, I will, but a Nassen house is basically like your low level starting house. I'm okay with that. Yeah, that's fine with me. All right, so we're going to go with the Nassen house, and then you guys are going to do a, you guys have one secondary domain. So once you guys have established the level of your house, we now turn to what it produces or what it's famous for. As most houses rely on mercantile powder and the power of, of comb or chome, uh, which we'll go over later, shares for their fortune. Each house has developed a specialty in an area of business and produced that is important to the Imperium. We call these er these areas of acu uh, acumen domains. Your house may have several of these classed as either primary or secondary. So you guys get one primary and one secondary. So let's kind of get into this. Areas of expertise, there's tons of them guys. Tons and tons of uh, expertise. So that would be part of your guys' domain, what you guys are experts at. Okay. So we, we can literally go machinery, produce, uh, expert. we can just do even expertise. You can do espionage, you can do uh, you can have a political mindset, an artistic mindset, whatever you think it could be. You just have so much of that. So let's go over that and then we'll hop back in when we have a better, a better discussion. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's go ahead and talk about finding your guys' areas of expertise. So you guys have narrowed it down to what? I think uh, military and science. Okay. Uh, Peter, what's your vote? I pick military then. Uh, okay. So military, uh, while war is rarer than assassination, no house wants another to see they have a weak military. As they may be considered an invitation, military actions are, are costly and logistically difficult, often requiring expensive guild pay, uh, payments to move troops to another planet. But if you want to take land or facilities from another house, you need soldiers to claim and occupy it. So your machinery, uh, you have battlefield weapons, artillery, large-scale shields, tanks. Uh, you produce ammunition, personal weapons, small arms, which would include like a rifles, pistols. Your people of expertise, tacticians, officers, and strategists, workers, soldiers, engineers, pilots, and logistic personnel, and your understanding. So you understand military strategies and new tactics. So that can be pretty useful. Uh, what do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, it sounds useful. Because you figure if you guys are military based and you guys have a spy and they take one of the other houses of secret plans, could you read them? Probably not, but if, in theory, if you have the ability to understand military strategies, could you read them? I mean, yeah, because uh, the strategist wouldn't be able to understand what's happening. You dog, you have any comments on the uh, military? Because you said, what do you say? Well, I said science. So sec uh, yeah. Do you want me to read science for you now? Uh, yeah. Okay, so science. While the tenets of the, of the Boltarian Jihad remain in force, it does not mean humanity cannot research and develop new scientific ideas. Many houses have a research and development department to advance their domains and keep ahead of the competition. This domain often uh, couples well with the industrial 
domains where a house might take full advantage of what they discover rather than pass it on to others to make money from. Now, with that last bit of information, that means you guys, you get to pick two of these. So if you guys want to do military and science, you guys are set. What do you guys think? I mean, that would be a pretty, pretty badass combination, I would think. Way more so than being artistic in military. It's what the fuck are you going to do with that? It's like, hold on, guys. I want to fight, but let me paint this painting of it first. Let me just paint this painting of how I'm going to role destroy playing. it. <laughs> what was that? It'd be role-playing. What do you mean? Like, it, this is an RPG. You're right. role-playing. Like, it, there are plenty of people in history that were warriors and artists or poets, you know. They, it, they thought they were above the rest of the world uh, the because house, they were cultured. But, but your house is known for military and, and art, 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 artistry. So wouldn't that mean that you are technically a part of the military? I, I mean, yeah, but I'm saying, like... It, it's something you could, I can see myself role-playing. Sure. Like, I, I can see why someone would do that. Sure. But to keep it simple, are we thinking science and military then? I mean, that would be my vote. No, that's fine. Cool. All right. So, in your guys' character, or, or sorry, your house sheet, go ahead and write your guys' primary and secondary. Or, and this is for the house sheet, you would write um, uh, military. So, what's the primary? I would say military. Uh, so, then military, primary... All right, guys, so something to keep in mind about you guys, you already heard the military stuff, so here, keep in mind with the the, uh, the science aspect. So your machinery is going to be laboratory equipment, quarantine areas, uh, entire scientific facilities. You guys produce chemical compounds, drugs, genetically adapted humans and animals. Uh, your expertise, uh, your expert, your experts are scientists and researchers. You have Your workers are lab assistants and managers, uh, and you understand new scientific research, many different possibilities in many areas. Uh, so just keep in mind. So what is the name of your guys' house? You guys get to pick that name. That's a very good question. The house of Uncle Dad? <laughs> wow. Great promotion there. <laughs> Why not what we're not going to pick? <laughs> the house of Baby Gabe. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys think? Uh, the house of Owen? Owen Wilson? What? I saw the drink. It said Owen on it. Oh. <laughs> it's always hard coming up with a name. What the house of Mango? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Why not? <laughs> Who do you stand for? The House of Mango! <laughs> we still see our banners. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get there in a second. So, yeah. All right, so now we got that out the way, right? Uh, you guys are the House of Mango, and you guys are military and science, right? That's correct. Yeah. All right, so Homeworld. Now that you know a little about what your house does, you can detail a little more about its home planet, its coat of arms, the territory of the house controls, uh, be it the planet, well, be it a planet, moon or just an area of land now something i want to point out i do kind of feel like it's very much open to your um to your imagination there really isn't like a set like i thought there was gonna be like houses we had to pick but like you kind of build it the way you want and i kind of dig that uh peter since you are kind of a tabletop rpg what do you think about that i think it's cool that's not like just sent out it's more work obviously but yeah it i mean it's definitely cool but it does make it a little bit harder to just pick up the play. Oh, for sure. This is definitely an RPG that may take longer. Like, we usually do our episodes. We haven't even made a character yet, so <laughs> that's okay. All right, so Homeworld, uh, now that you know a little bit about your house, what is your home, what is your homeworld? Uh, basically, the territory of the house controls. So first off, do you guys control a planet? Or do you guys uh, control a moon? Uh, or just an area of land? What creates the House of Mango to be where it is? Probably be one of those last two, because I think you mentioned we were like a low house. Well, that's what you guys asked for. Okay. <laughs> all, right, all right. 
So going along that theme, probably like a portion of land or maybe a moon. Maybe we're miners. I say moon. Mm. I mean, what, what do you guys want it to be? A big moon? Little moon? Uh, I'm okay with a small moon. It's no moon. It's a space station. Oh, it's a space station now. Not, that's from Star Wars. Oh. <laughs> I was thinking Unicron. Unicron? <laughs> uh, would you say small moon? Yeah. Now, uh, the small moon, is it habitable? Yes. Okay, so let's go to ask you some questions and you guys answer them, okay? What is the dominant form of weather on this world? Is it hot, a little cold, always rainy? Remember, this, these are facts that kind of help paint the story, so... Yeah. I don't know, it's up to you, you dog. I would say hot. Just hot. to go along with the theme of Dune. That's where I remember the movie. Like, it was, like, on a desert planet. Yeah, 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 it was. You want to go with that, too? Yeah, that works. When you say hot, though, do you mean, like, fiery hot? Like, liv livable hot? Or, like, Florida hot? <laughs> Uh, maybe not fiery hot, like, like dry heat, like the, like a desert. Like Joshua Tree? Sure. Oh, okay. Joshua Tree, the moon. I like that idea. <laughs> <laughs> or Palm Desert. Yeah. <laughs> what sort of habitation is there? Is it mainly cities, towns, or isolated farms? Tough one when you're on a moon. I say small towns. Like little villages? Yeah. What do you think uh, the average uh, population of each village is? About... 20. The one is small enough where they're committing incest. What'd you say? I said the one is small oh, enough where they're committing... I thought you said I would like it small enough so they could do incest. And I was like, what? <laughs> Alright, dude, you're, you're off the show. <laughs> the opposite. Make that clear? Yes. <laughs> Not yes, but no. Uh, okay. What is the crime rate like? Is it, is it a place of peace or a place of violence? That's a tough one because if you come from a crime-ridden planet, right? Is it because of the, your house ruling it? You know what I mean? There's so many things you can do with that. Right. Or you, have you just kind of risen above all that? You could go with either one realistically. If it's no crime, it's because the, ho the house rules heavy-handedly. And if it's a lot of crime, these are the people you're recruiting. Sure. I mean, real-life militaries, like the American military, not to be messed up, but they recruit in high... Uh, crime areas, low-income areas, right? Because people want to escape that life. Sure, but now we're not. But in this, your guys, this, you guys, this planet, are these village low-income? I mean, I, I would assume that's that up if to you they're guys if they're high crime, that they probably would be. Well, what are you guys picking? High crime or low crime? <laughs> well, I mean, you're kind of actually you're painting it out logically there. Since we said like this is kind of a harsh landscape, I wouldn't imagine this is going to be like very uh, uh, affluent. See, I thought the same thing. I thought like, yeah, you guys would have a village here and there. But I don't know if it would be that heavy, right? Like that. Right. Yeah, that it wouldn't be dense, right? It'd be more like a lot of open space. Right, agrarian, like kind of like an industrial age, yeah. or before that. A little bit, yeah, yeah, that's a good way. So then, crime-wise, what are we thinking? Low? Not high. Let's put it that way. Like. Okay. Well, it's for you to decide, not me. So. I, no, because if the villages are super small, it makes sense that there wouldn't be too much crime. Yeah. You're less likely to commit a crime against someone you know. Right, right. So then we'll say moderate crime or low crime? Moderate. Okay. How content are the people of this planet? Do they respect their rulers or labor in the in fear of them? This kind of sets the tone of how our house treats mm -hmm. everyone. Yeah, because now we're kind of building, you already got that foundation, now we're starting to build above that. I usually like to role play the bad guy, so <laughs> my uh, choice would be to be feared. But you guys got to be together in this. I mean, I can go with the other one. I mean, I was thinking the opposite, maybe. like. See, he wants to be a hero. Because the scenery like is already kind of bleak. Like, it, it'd just be like, 
I don't know, stereotypical if we were ruling by fear. See, I kind of agree with that. And I'm not, I'm not saying that you don't have a good idea. Like if you were playing right. like yeah. like your character, your role, totally. But the idea is that you two are with against the game master, right? No, we can be good guys, huh? Because I get what he's saying because like, it does seem a little too stereotypical, like bleak. Uh, I think blah, I'm blah. kind of painting the picture of like the memories I have of the movie. But that's good. But see, hold on. I think that's kind of what they wanted, right? Like you're a player that's a good choice then because... You remember very small bits of the movie, and it's making you go, "Oh yeah, maybe that'll be cool here," or maybe that makes me think of that, right? So that I think that kind of achieves what this game is trying to do. No? Yeah. Wait. So we answer the question: How content are the people? Content. But are, but are they content with moderate crime? <laughs> Somewhat. Not very content. Not necessarily our house, but maybe like you know, a stronger house that's maybe not as good that's true because we're talking about the home world we're not talking about yeah so i would say like maybe not completely uncontent but like you know fairly moderate <laughs> where are the when day I think moderate, moderate <laughs> i think moderate. like 50 percent. i'm yeah. like maybe like somewhere around 75 percent uh okay how much of the house house's wealth is put into the community do they keep it for themselves or are there are their holdings full of public works and supports I would say, well, I mean, if we're going to go along the theme of the good guys, then public works. Like, you curry favor with the public, you know, in order to respect. And if you guys aren't the main house on this uh, planet. Or are not, right? Yeah, you are not. I don't think so, right? No. Okay. Because you guys own land on this moon, correct? Yes. Or my idea was, like, we own the moon, but, like, we're, the moon is still part of the planet. So, obviously, whoever owns the planet. You guys, guys got to discuss that because <laughs> it wasn't clear. Wait, wait, wait. Um, Right, so, like, basically we painted this picture where, you know, people are not very content, crime's okay, but we own the entire moon. Yeah, but, which... like, but the moon is still rotating around the planet, so, like, whatever happens on the planet would still affect us. Yeah, but would you uh... say that about our moon? I, I mean, in, like, a thousand years when it's populated, like, I'm sure it would be. Would that be part of Earth? No. That's like saying, like, a port city in the United States isn't part of the United States. It's, like, it's still affected by it. Sure. Like, because then the moon would just be a port out of the, out of and into the planet. That's a tricky one. Like, that's my like thought line. For sure, for sure. Do you agree, Doug? Yeah, it's that's a that's a, but you can admit that's tricky, right, Peter? No, like I, I can like. But for the sake of time, fuck it. It's the planet. <laughs> so it's part of the planet. Uh, okay, but you guys own the moon that's connected to the planet. So let's say you guys are kind of treating it like, almost like it's a like. It's the county of Planet Mango. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's, does that make sense? Yeah. So what is the name of the planet? You guys get to name it. What kind of name should we give it? Planet Backwater. Oh, I kind of like that. That works. <laughs> All right. Your home world is planet or just backwater. <laughs> backwater. That actually sounds like it would have like a rogue, like a rogue uh, bar on it. Backwater bar? Yeah. You come into the backwater, are you? <laughs> I get when you do your, like incredibly horrible british uh <laughs> gruff british accent <laughs> good on you <laughs> come on down <laughs> what do you wish what are you having <laughs> oh man what are you buying <laughs> i can be your guys' uh, bartender at a uh, backwater bar okay yeah, fair <laughs> enough this is why i don't play hearthstone <laughs> <laughs> all right uh now uh, each house has a coat of arms embezzled on all their this is financial <laughs> on all their holdings to remind everyone what is theirs the heraldry of the imperium is nowhere near as complicated as that of old england but still serves as a clear symbol of each house most houses have a banner made up of one or two colors and a crest which might be an animal object 
or even a chemical element. Or fruit. Or, <laughs> or fruit. <laughs> the colors might be representative of their banner divided horizontally, vertically, as a stripe, usually behind the crest. It is up to the group to decide on the house banner. Now, I think your guys' is pretty easy. Right. <laughs> I would think so, unless you guys are going to put... I think the question is, like, how many mangoes are there? <laughs> Damn, I was thinking about putting a uh, apple in the banner. <laughs> I, was, I mean, it could be in the middle. Put like, an egg, two put mangoes and uh, an apple in the middle. <laughs> no, two mangoes and an eggplant. <laughs> oh, 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 God. <laughs> too dirty, too dirty, sorry. I thought this was a family show. It's not, no, it's not. <laughs> Come on, we've, we've, done, we've, we've said some really fucked up shit on this show. But good things, though, good things. Of course, all in good fun. Um, also, if you guys hear that drinking... That sound of ice shaking, it's because we're drinking booze. Because there's no better way to play a tabletop RPG without drinking. Oh, that's a prerequisite. But you don't have to drink to have fun. That's true. Very true. Stay in school, kids. Stay in school. Yeah. Well said, Uncle Dad. You're welcome. Uh, so, uh, first off, a symbol is a mango. There's one mango, I guess. One or two. Yeah, two mangoes. It could be. Yeah. Like, just next to each other? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, this isn't without precedent. Like, um, the Medici family in Italy, like, way back in the Renaissance, like, their symbol, I think, was oranges. Oh, okay. Look at that. We just learned something on Uncle Dad Talks. I love it. Okay, so two mangoes. Do we guys have a stripe? Do we have vertical lines? What are we thinking? Yeah, vertical line. Maybe one in between. Uh, yeah, one. So one solid stripe in behind it? Uh, yeah, well, in between. In between the mangoes. The mangoes oh, okay. are so there's, you know, on the side. So let's say the banger, the banger, <laughs> the banner is uh, left side mango, right side mango, one stripe in the middle? Yes. Now, what is the stripe color in the middle? I want to say the colors of mango, like yellow and green. Green on the outside. I mean, you yellow can. In the middle. Is that too? No. I, I would say yellow is a stripe, green in the panel. How does this make sense on a, pla- a desert planet? Did you guys pick that name, not me. Well, I mean, there are oases. I mean, there is water on the planet. But you also don't. You think you guys are be thinking about like you guys living on moon? <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's a, a sci-fi moon. world. <laughs> you guys have moon. You guys have moon mangoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, why not? <laughs> little little moon mango. I mean, we've already established this is a, this is a habitable moon. It's like uh, like Star Wars. Well, Endor. I mean, I understand that, but we don't know. Like, we don't. The vegetation there could be different than what we have here. Sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. So Maybe it could. Mang- so it technically could be a moon mango, or for some reason, oh, it is for it is for sure a moon mango. <laughs> okay. There's no doubt about that. We're, we're scientists. Maybe one of our ancestors. <laughs> you know, somehow created this mango that would uh, be able to grow in the moon. Okay, okay. Well, the point is this. Okay. <laughs> Go back to what you're saying. Um, well, no, we were choosing our banner. So yes. That, that's the banner. Okay. Like, that's you know, the a stripe. Banner. The colors are of a... Ma- the middle stripe is, like, the colors of a mango. Okay. And now, is there two mangoes details to write that in any of your stuff? Oh, all right. I'll draw it. I could have drawn this whole thing. So... <laughs> Peter, so in, inside your guys' house sheets when you guys print them out. Oh, and before I forget, uh, to get the character sheets, now they do have it in the book that you can photocopy and put them out. But if you go to their website, you can actually get a PDF of a color version and a black and white version that you can print out for free. So that's what we're using is the printout version. So on that house car- house creation sheet, there's actually a <laughs> there's actually a thing where you can make your crest so you can see it. Now what's funny is Peter made it. And his looks like uh, Deadpool's face. <laughs> and E-Dog's looks like Deadpool with eyebrows. <laughs> Actually, no, it looks like two balls and a dick. <laughs> no. That's what everything looks like. <laughs> everything does look like Have a Have you taken a Rorschach test? <laughs> penis. Penis. <laughs> uh, it's a family show, okay? <laughs> <Sorry>. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
So cool, we got the banner out of the way. Now, um, so basically this banner and crest, you guys would place this on whatever is yours. So your guns will have it, your, I guess your scientific findings will probably have it. Um, your guys' moon mangoes probably have a tag yeah. <laughs> on there. I mean, you know how all those fruit pieces of fruit come with those little like stickers? Yeah. The ones that are really hard to take off? Yeah. Yeah, this symbol will be on that. <laughs> on your moon mango? Yes. Oh, I love it. <laughs> all right, so now the final element of creating the house is to select its traits. Now these traits, and we'll see those traits on page 102, uh, can be used by any player character who are recognized as members of their house and imply the reputation the house has within the Imperium. If a player spends one momentum, oh, before I forget, momentum is like your guys' uh, like, uh, action points. Okay. Yeah, so if I say that, that's what it is. Um, they may apply one of these traits, not action points, I'm sorry, um, skill, I guess skill points. Right, like when you level up in an RPG, you get like one skill point and you place it in a skill tree. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like a skill point. You use one momentum uh, for as many of the house traits as they like. Each house begins with a trait for any primary domain it has. This trait is the same as the area of expertise for that domain. Each house also begins with a descriptive trait for its reputation. This might be honorable, like Atreides, or brutal, like the Horkonnen. Uh, this trait details the way the rest of the Imperium sees your house and expects its agents to behave. Other traits may be gained or lost by the house during play, usually after an important event that changes their reputation in the Imperium. So that's actually, that makes sense. So here's an example. The House of Mole has a single primary domain. It's well-regarded poetry. So it has the trait artistic. As, they, as the house hides its assassination training camps, uh, and is looking to create a new name for itself, the group decides the house has been pl plotting for some time, getting the trait secretive as its reputation house trait. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about traits. Um, your guys' first domain is the basically your guys' trait. So if it's military, that's going to be your guys' trait. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So we can just put, literally put that down, military as a yeah, trait? Yeah, so it'd be military... Yeah, it'd be military. And then I guess you would say, are you guys machinery, produce, or what are you guys, tacticians, officers? I think for the safe, sake of the argument, let's just do officers, because I feel like that'd be easier. What do you guys think? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So personal traits. So the personal traits would be battle, communicate, discipline, understand. Those are your traits. All right. So roles. While the player, while the player characters are important agents of their house, many of them may intend to distinguish themselves and eventually take a more leading role. Within each house of the land, uh, land thread are several positions that, acquire, that require exceptional talent and loyalty, but offer incredible power and responsibility within that house. While the ruler is the most, so basically these are the, the roles. Ruler, consort, advisor, chief physician, counselor, envoy, heir, marshal, scholar, spymaster, treasurer, warmaster, swordmaster. Those are your roles. Uh, Peter, go ahead and say what you were. I am the marshal. Now the marshal, marshal these parts. The marshal ensures that the house laws are enforced, and that the house territories are orderly and secure. God damn it! Sorry, I just feel so American. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's like yeah. Even though this is on a moon, but uh, whatever. <laughs> moon America. <laughs> uh, they often coordinate with others, such as the council counselor, on matters of security. But in matters of law and judgment, they answer only to the ruler. <laughs> To be an effective investigator, a marshal must understand the criminal underworld, either knowing where to root out crime or bringing out first name terms with gangsters working to keep the peace. 
Sounds like CSI. No. Mango. <laughs> um, and you chose Edog? I chose the advisor. The advisor. There are many areas of expertise that a ruler needs to be conversant with. Uh, this might be politics or comb business. Now, really quickly, I've said that word twice now. Let me read to you guys what that is real fast, because you guys have no idea what I'm talking about. Comb, which is C-H-O-A-M, is an acronym for Combine Hunnet Over Advanced Mercantiles. All right. While single pol political advisor is most common, some houses employ several advisors in many different areas to grant the ruler the benefit of their experience. Other rulers are so well-trained or arrogant, they feel no need for assistance. The relationship uh, an advisor has with a ruler also varies. Some advisors can cover a weakness in the ruler's education or abilities, or other times they are simply a trusted sounding board for the ruler's ideas. Uh, the wealthiest houses, especially the imperial house, often employ bean jesuit reverend mothers in this capacity for their truth-sayer truth abilities. So advisor, what advisor, what do you know what your area of expertise would be in? Like are you the political advisor, the military advisor? I figure, and I'm only saying this just to help along with our story here, but since he's a marshal, you should probably do something that would help him, right? Like, a, like an advisor for military law advisor I mean, we also specialize in science he could just be a science advisor that too. and then we'd be covered in both sides yeah like he fights with the gun i fight with knowledge sure knowledge is power yeah uh nice <laughs> so what are we saying i think uh yeah we'll go with the advisor of uh science no uh war oh war advisor yeah holy shit or strategic advisor like <laughs> this little this little moon this little mango moon it's like we're known for two things killing <laughs> And moon mangoes. Because <laughs> really, what else is there to what do? What else is there to do in space? I know, right? So, you guys got your roles. Now your enemies. Here we go. Finally, we would be remiss not to mention that your house will have enemies. Even the most pleasant and honorable houses has, have someone that hates them. This might be, for some imagined slight, or a belief they are not as they appear. But it might just as easily be because they are really really are honorable and decent and despised for that. One often sees their own failings in the face of one's enemy. Luckily, such enemies need not be engaged in a deadly canly vendetta, such as between houses Atreides and Harkonnen. So, the player's character house will probably begin play with an enemy or two. No one gains power in the Imperium without upsetting a few people along the way. How many enemies they have depend on how high the player's character's house has arisen that you guys are a nonsense house you guys have no starting enemies so wow <laughs> you guys must be a tiny ass house on this moon yeah <laughs> uh so basically uh, to kind of go with it uh if you wanted to create your enemies you would roll for it so you would roll the hatred for this enemy so let's say so for each enemy your player character's house has determining how much that enemy hates them is done by your roll. So you would roll your d20, and if it rolled a one to five, you don't have to because you guys don't have any enemies. But what did you roll, Peter? I rolled an eight. So you rolled an eight, so that would make your enemy a rival. That's the hatred level. Now you would choose a reason. Now you would roll again. Uh, and again, we're just doing this for just uh, practice sake. Uh, E-Dog, this time you can roll your d20. Five. So you got a five, so that means the reason that they hate you so much is because of debt. Oh. They or the player character's house has uh, 
reneged on the deal. This might be through a misunderstanding, an unfortunate circumstance, or just because they could. <laughs> so every time you roll the dice, there is whatever number you get has a corresponding reason to what. So you build their hatred, you build their reason, and that's it. And that's how you get your enemies. Now, you guys are a Nansen house and you guys have no enemies. Now, take a look at your guys' house sheet real quick. Is there anything that's empty that we haven't gone over? The motto. That's up to you guys. Your motto would be like, what do you guys stand for? We don't pay our debts. Is that your guys' <laughs> thing? Or we pay our debts in mangoes? What's your guys' motto? We tango to the mango. You guys can do that. Fuck it, yeah. <laughs> Roger guys' motto. All right, so now let's let's get to the the meat, the, the part that everyone wants to do. Create your own character. Creating your character, fellas. Player characters. So supporting characters, we're not going to worry about too much. We're just going to do main characters. These are basically each of you, because you can actually play more than one character. So if you wanted to play like your know, remain and then as secondary, you could. For sake of time, we're not going to do that. So just keep that in mind, okay? So main characters are each player's first and most important character. Each player has a single main character, and these characters are collectively the focus of the adventure. You'll play in the stories you'll tell in the unknown universe of Dune. They're the protagonists of the story and will normally be prominent members of agents of a noble house, though not the leaders of the house yet. Now, you could technically call yourself, but you're a marshal and you're a... Advisor. Advisor, right. So you don't got to worry about that. This chapter provides two different methods for creating main characters. Whichever method is chosen, it is recommended that the players all use the same method. So who you are. Here are some sample concepts. Uh, the scion of the house. So you are akin to the, house, the house's rulers and may even be potential heir to the house and its fortunes. You may be seeking your place in the known universe or looking to prove yourself to earn an inheritance. So those are just kind of like, that's just kind of an example. A good example for UE Dog is a Mentat Advisory. A graduate of the Mentat School, uh, your ability to recall and reason are a vital resource for anyone seeking to hold or gain power, and you serve your house at the best of that ability. So that kind of gives you an idea as like that advisor. So the two methods of creating a character. Let's basically go like this. You have a plan creation. This method involves going through several steps, making decisions at each step. You'll choose an archetype for your character, assign points to your skills, uh, choose focuses and talents, select your drives, and create your drive statements, and end up with a fully formed character at the end of the process. I feel like that would be the best way to go. What do you guys think? The other way is we have to create it in play, and truthfully, that's going to take too much time. Yeah, like the shortest time is better. Yeah. <laughs> First up. Well, let's talk about basic rules overview. For the most part, when you want your character to do or say something, you can just describe what they are doing. However, when their actions might prove a test to their skills or abilities or conflict with someone else, you need to make a test to determine the outcome. The game would be pretty boring if you always succeeded at everything you did. I don't know. Some might people some people might think that's great. What do you guys think? I mean, to win all the time? Yeah. 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 I will say that's great. <laughs> You gotta lose to win, though, sometimes. Yeah, but you know who you're talking to over here. Oh, that's true. <laughs> no, you win to win. <laughs> Making a test involves rolling a 20-sided dice. Uh, when you make a test, roll several of these from two to five and gain one success for each one that rolls equal to or less than the target number. Uh, so, for example, target number is 15, and you guys roll your three dice, and you guys get three 15s. You guys have three uh, successes, so that's good. 
I will set the difficulty rating from zero to five. So let's go ahead and move on forward. Player, so the measure of your character. Uh, player characters in Dune are cut above most people. So basically, I, I, you kind of think about the character you're gonna play is probably like a higher person than a normal NPC, right? Yeah. Uh, so your personal traits, um, you know, basically you're gonna figure that out in a second. Are we talking about battle, communication, discipline, move, understand? Uh, different battle focuses. I mean, there's so much stuff we have to, we have to go over, and honestly, we, it just takes too much time. <laughs> so let's just get to actually making the character. There's going to be a total of eight steps. Step one, concept. Consider your character idea. Select a faction template if applicable, and re record its trait if you do. Faction characters and templates. So we have templates here. If you guys want to do that instead. Uh, yeah, sounds easier. So your templates are a Souk Doctor, a Spacing Guild Agent, a Mentat, Fremen, or a Bene Gesser, Gesserit sister. Uh, a Fremen, uh, exceptionally rare outside Arrakis. Uh, the desert Fremen are slow to give their loyalty to anyone outside their tribe, uh, but once given it is absolute few, if any, leave Arrakis. But for those on the desert planet, they are exceptional guides. Fremen characters may only be played outside an Arrakis-based campaign with the Game Master's permission. So if you want to be a Fremen, I gotcha. So actually, to make it easier, I'm just going to hand the book over and they can take a look at All right, so we I went ahead and gave him some templates. Uh, Peter, you went with the B'nai Gesserit sister, correct? Yeah. Cool, so I'm going to have you fill it out with a template here. And then, E-Dog, you went with a spacing guild agent, correct? Mm -hmm. Cool, so go ahead and fill out the template from there, and then we'll move forward from there. All right, so the archetypes provide trait, skills, focuses, and talents. Did you guys already look at your guys' archetypes? Uh, yeah. And you guys saw that it has a trait, trick tactician, primary skill, like here, if you look here, no? Oh, I didn't look, no. Right, let's have you guys take a look at that. And what they're, what they're going to do right now is in the book, in the battle archetypes, and there's a bunch of different archetypes where you can actually grab it and look at it, and it'll actually explain to you what that archetype does. So if it's a social light archetype, a war archetype, there's a few pages about it, so feel free to look through those pages and see them. Now, mind you, while they're reading this right now, I kind of wanted to just throw some things out there. One of the things I really want to point out about the actual rulebook is that it is incredibly... If you're a Dune fan, I'm sure there's Easter eggs up to Wazoo. I know these guys don't really know a lot about Dune as much as I don't, but there's lots of quotes thrown throughout. The art is fucking great. I love the art. The art is killer. Um, but the overall experience of the book, it makes you feel like you're holding a Dune guide. You know, a guide to this universe you're about to dive into. So I definitely give it like an A-plus for that. Uh, but we will tag back in in one sec. All right. So what you just heard was part one of a three-part adventure. Uh, because this is a very involved game, it's not like a very straightforward. You can kind of you know pick up and play. It's a lot of steps to it. So we're just going to end it right there. Uh, we will we will do a part two eventually with the same crew. I want to thank E-Dog again for being a part of it. Uh, thank Peter as well for also being a part of it. There was no Mike Hamden in the episode. That's totally cool. He just had things he had to take care of. Uh, Mike, we miss you, and we'll definitely have you on probably next episode, so that's good. Uh, and, of course, the sound is done by the one and only Baby Gabe. Sorry, sound editing is done by Baby Gabe. So, without further ado... Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you all next week. And as always, remember, I'm not your uncle, I'm not your dad, just someone you can talk to. <laughs>